Hey guys, welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans. Wherever you are in the world, I hope you are well. I'm coming to you off the back end of a weekend where for the first time in a long time, um, I didn't have anyone competing. I've had multiple people competing since the 26th of March. Um, and this past weekend was effectively, you could say, the first off in uh, eight weeks. And um, it felt quite odd, but at the same time, it was uh, it was good to recharge, reset the batteries, and um, spend a bit of quality family time. Um, not that I've not, not been able to, you know, the good thing about my job is that having work weekends, we often do a lot of the family stuff during the week, like take the kids swimming and to the park and whatnot. But um, yeah, we were able to do some, some different stuff, which was class. But it also got me reflecting really on the past eight weeks and just how how crazy they've been um, and I thought you know what I've not actually shared the story um, of those eight weeks and how they went um, things I would maybe change or not change and, and x y and z because for as much as I've said that you know we're leading the UK at the moment for the top you know, the most top three so far in the competitive season like I'm well aware that that will that will end um, and there's some other coaches out there that are extremely talented, extremely busy, um, but for a short while it's been pretty cool uh, to say that, to, to say the least, and mainly because for now, for me anyway, there's, um, and Ali as well, I suppose there's a, quite a stretch where we don't have as many people competing, so I really had, I think it was roughly 12 people in total, if you include Ali himself, competing over those, um, over those course of those eight weeks, whereas I think for the rest of the season, I think I have about eight there thereabouts and they're not quite as um, you know before I was having six people on one show I think the most I've gotten one show from now on is about three which is still obviously uh, quite 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 a decent amount but the, with obviously less people competing comes uh, over a longer period of time will maybe come a little bit less results but as, as a whole we should still expect to see a similar level of results for the remainder of the season really um, when you look at the the past six weeks as a, as a brand as a whole so if you include myself's results and Ali's results we've got 67 top threes 36 of those were firsts and um, so pretty much more than half of those were firsts 22 seconds nine thirds but eight people win their uh, pro card with the representative federation they competed with and we got five overalls which is pretty crazy when you think about it, because overalls, you know, you've got to beat, you got to beat everyone in the fucking show to get them. But where did it all start? Well, the season started at Granite City, which for those of you who have never been to Aberdeen before, you'll understand why it's, it's been given that name. I had five, Ali had two, um, and that's like the first Scottish competitive show of the season. Then the week after. Or was FMC? I had three. Ali had one, and then he competed himself. So I've technically had four, and then Ali had one. Again, that was incredibly successful. That was the 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 show that um, Chris won the overall. Uh, Alex won the overall. That was Ali's client, Alex. Uh, and then the week after that was um, was was PCA. So for those of you that don't know or aren't in the UK. PCA is uh, one of the, the top federations in uh, in the UK, arguably the top, you could say. So in the Scottish calendar, like everyone sort of looks and, and sort of aims towards that PCA show. And, and that was an incredible day by which I think we walked away with six people, uh, six top twos, 
out of, of eight people competing, which uh, I think was class. And the other two um, both got invites to the British, so that was an incredibly successful day. The week after that was NFM UK on the Saturday and um, Lot Gale on the Sunday. Now, to this point, we'd had a videographer um, capture two out of the three shows. Her name is Emily, she's 44.visuals on Instagram, she does some incredible work. But uh, please do go check her out. So at Granite, I went and picked up from the airport uh, after the, the show. Um, sorry, before the show. She stayed with us in an Airbnb. Come did the show, dropped her off after. Similar for PCA two weeks later. Picked her up on the Friday, uh, the Saturday night. Dropped her off the airport after the show on the Sunday. And then NFM UK and Lock Gilly. We actually had quite a few people doing both shows. Um, as in the Saturday and the Sunday. However, Emily was only around for the Saturday and again it was the whole pick her up at the airport on the Friday drop her off on the Saturday night she, she's incredible like honestly like mo- if I could I couldn't recommend her enough in regards to her work ethic and what she does um, you know it would get to the evening I, before I'd go to bed on the day that she was filming she'd be off on all the, all the, the photographs are up I'm like that's, that's crazy that, and, and most video girls well, video girls that are successful are like that but that was a weekend that um Carlin won the overall on the Sunday at Loch Gelly and uh, we didn't have Emily there. I was a bit gutted about that, but that was okay because the week after we had another double header. So, literally, like four out of those athletes that did the double header Saturday and Sunday at IBFL at Gelly and then at NFM UK and IBFL at Gelly went and then did a, another back to back show. NAB on the Saturday, uh, which Emily was there. UKP on the Sunday, which Emily was there. Uh, Callum won the overall on the Saturday and Chris won over on the Sunday. So again, it was it was a wicked day. Um, on that same day, I had a client down south, Gabby competing. She she won in her first ever show, which was class. And the week after that, if it, it was quite odd, uh, I remember it was BPA, which is a new federation this year. Chris um, Chris did that alone. Everyone else has sort of finished competing by then. Um, the week after that, UKUP Southern. I had Gabby competing and Ali had Beth. And then, uh, last but not least, PC Gateshead, so Gabrielle and Dylan. So that was literally like 26th of March. I was at that show, FMC, which was after. I wasn't there, I was with family. 9th of April, again, I was at that show. I was there the night before as well. NFM UK, 15th of April, I was there. 16th of April, I was there. 22nd of April, I was there. 23rd of April, was there. 30th of April, was there. 6th of May, was there. 14th of May, was there. So you could see it's been an incredibly... Uh, busy, busy time, but honestly, like, see if I could go back to the start, um, I'd do it all over again. It was, it was so much fun. Um, it was a, a challenging time, and some people could would say, you know, how how could you manage six athletes on uh, on one day? And it was really, really easy. I think when you've been doing it, like, I understand it would be stressful if you don't know what you're doing, or you're a first, you know, you're coaching your first year, but. I've done this for a while, right? So, for me, it was relatively simple. I guess the the tiring part was maybe like the night before the PCA show. Ali was ill and couldn't make it to the hotel. So, I had to look at all my six athletes and look at his. So, it was like eight people. So, it was literally just like doing rounds of knocking on a door, doing a check-in, knocking on a door, doing a check-in, and just continually doing that for a few hours. Um, but it was, it was so worth it. I was always say, like, the months... The hours, endless hours of check-ins, the looking, the assessing, you know, when it's all said and done, it's all worth it. And, and nothing really convinces me more than those past eight weeks because of just how incredibly well those athletes done. Um, 
if I had to, if someone said to me, Vaughn, like, what were the highlights of um, those eight weeks? I mean, there were so, so many to choose from, right? It would be, it would be hard to to pick out a favourite, but the noticeable ones you could say, you know, like Carlin winning um, two overalls in six days was was crazy. I was so happy we, we captured that in film. Chris winning overall um, on the Sunday. He was also on overall FMC, but I wasn't there. But for me, the, the biggest win for him was his PCA win. Um, I thought that was, I thought it was crazy. Um, Dan, just how insane fucking he looked, um, and him winning after finishing second three times in his, you know, it took him. I was with him um, for three shows this season. He was with another coach and won a couple of years ago. So for him to get the win on his fourth show was. Was incredible um, for Ali to sort of grab a placing, a couple of placings after uh, a lot of his health scares uh, was mental. For Agnieszka to to win um, in her first show and then multiple wins thereafter was was insane. For Maya to pick up two two placings in her first uh, ever show, uh, Granite having decided about a week before before that she'd do it was nuts. Um, Gabriella winning her first show was incredible um, Dylan jumping in four weeks early was was insane how mental Liam looked you know it was the best uh, the best Liam that we'd ever seen and just like those are that's obviously quite poignant memories of like results isn't it but the thing that I'll remember the most was like the just like the car journeys there like the conversations the chats the laughs it was just made for an amazing experience, and one of the uh, one of the highlights that um, really kind of stood out for me, and the reason I wanted to to jump on this podcast and and talk about it was uh, it was well into the second doubleheader weekend. I think this was the UKUP morning, and um, I had spent the night on the couch because we booked an Airbnb that uh, we didn't have enough uh, beds, but it was fine. As I'll sleep on the couch, but I'm six foot four sleep on this tiny couch. I must have got like three, four hours kip that night. But obviously like it had been incredibly successful up to that point. But uh, my, my wife messaged me in the morning. She said, how's work? And I literally said it loud. I was like, oh yeah, like this is work. I, I, it was just a moment. I was just like, it, it felt to me. And I guess I, sh- I shared it with a couple of athletes. I was like, it just feels kind of feels like you're away with your mates really because okay like we were you know if you were to compare it to when you are away with your mates and maybe some of you go drinking and stuff like that none of us none of us did do that but it was the fact that we could all have a laugh speak openly about everything and whatnot um and just make memories that uh that really would last a lifetime so when i got the the message saying how's work i was like man works works incredible <laughs> you know what i mean the fact that i I get up uh, every day and get to do what I do and call it work. I feel is uh, is something truly special, uh, and I really struggle to put into words just what that means. And I think I, I've had that a lot these past eight weeks. You know, trying to type a post and explain how proud I am of of someone. It just what I say didn't do it justice. And I used to, I used to find that I was always had a way with words. I feel like I did. But I've just been terrible this season, and it doesn't. I suppose it doesn't matter what what comes across on Instagram. It's more 
the conversations that I have with the uh, with athletes themselves, and I think they all know um, they all know what what the journey their journey has meant to me, and, and being part of that is, uh, is, uh, is 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 unreal. And I still think to a lot of the times, um, the most nervous I ever get as a coach is kind of as soon as my athlete comes out because up to that point like I'm, I'm so OCD like I mean we've been working for the, this person for six months a year two three years and we somewhat controlled all variables up to that point and what direction they're going with training their food when they're refeeding blah blah blah, blah. but the minute they step on stage like all you can do is just cheer just cheer and just shout you know shout and holler and maybe give some cues for them to remember to get their glutes on or whatever but um yeah, I guess I get nervous then and it goes away and then it, it peaks. It peaks back up right before the results. Like even if even if I know like you you know, you go to a show, they line up first in the centre, second to their that person's left. If I'm looking at the stage, then third to that person's right. So you kind of just know where your athlete's gonna land. But there was a couple of occasions this season when the judges didn't do that. Or there was maybe only two of them or four of them so it was, it was hard to really tell and it was maybe a close call and my heart sometimes honestly was just beating out my chest and I remember it got to it got to one night I wasn't even at the show and I was at home with my wife and, and I really struggled to sleep and one of our, our our youngest got up during the night and just sort of bounced him and held him back to sleep but I was like I've not slept yet she was like, what? And I was like, oh, just my mind's going on my nerves as I feel my heart just boom, boom, boom. And you know what? Like, You know sometimes when like you feel like your heart's racing so you focus on it and then it gets like way, way more? Fuck, like, that was happening to me towards the end of it. So I was like, if you watch the NABBA vlog, you hear me be like, this ain't good for my health. Like, this is, this is I'm struggling here. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to retire soon. But that's not the case. It was just, it's excitement, isn't it? It's anticipation. And then when you hear the results, it would be like, Oh thank God or thank fuck. You know, what I mean, even though you, even though I'm sitting in a crowd, and I, I know the result. When you hear that, you're just like, oh. And, and again, so many, so many of those results, it was happening. If I think back to, like Chris at PCA, like I knew he'd won, but I just wanted, wanted him win so bad. Like Carlin in the in the first overall at IBFA, like when they called the girl, so there was four of them, and they called a girl in third who was the athletic girl. I said, fuck, and there was a bikini girl on her left. I said, fuck, she's won. It was again that moment of relief or Dan getting first at Lock Gelly. Gabriella winning at UKUP, you know. Those, again, those moments, like for as much as I know the result, I'm sure like in, as I age, that won't be as much, but like I think the nerves come from excitement and that just, that want for that athlete to do so bad. And sorry, that want, like that wants so bad for the athlete to do well is where it stems from. And I think I could talk about all the the good times and the good results, but you know, I, I wouldn't shy away from the fact that there were some hard there's some hard lessons learned the these past eight weeks and I think they they just epitomise bodybuilding for me because that's what bodybuilding is. Like I saw in the Scotch calendar, you kinda know who's gonna show up every single week and what I'd see one week, results-wise, two or three weeks later, I would see a different result. So it kind of reminded me that nothing in this sport is guaranteed, particularly when you are competing 
across multiple federations. So if I was to count, we had so IBFA, PCA, NFM UK, IBFA again, uh, UKUP, BPA. So about six different federations, seven if you include FedEx with Ali's girl, um, seven for different federations, seven different sets of judges, different sets of eyes, different sets of looks because you bet your bottom dollar that someone that maybe gets beat in that first show of the season, if they know they're competing again in three weeks, well, they don't want to get beat again. So sometimes they come in a little bit tighter. Sometimes they come in a bit sharper, drier, harder, or whatever it may be. And that affects the result. And you find that maybe your athlete's got beat. But then maybe you've done that with your athlete. So it was um, it was tough to take some of the losses, you know, like uh, Liam, if he's listening. Um, I, was, I was so gutted for him, man so so gutted because it was just the best he'd ever looked the best he'd ever looked and it wasn't rewarded right but that was just a hard lesson for us and we'll take that on the chin and and move forward um you know at one point chris was unbeaten and then he got beat at naba i kind of i'm not saying that i don't agree with it because that's what the, re- the results the judges awarded but it was a tough to take because he beat the guy in a couple of shows previously before um but yeah, I mean, I think that, I mean, hell, again, use Carolyn as an example, she's probably watching, like, listening to this. You know, she comes second at NFM UK to a girl that she's maybe beat twice in the previous three weeks. Could easily have been so downhearted and frustrated and hard on herself about that. And I think that if she's listening to this, she'll probably admit that she was. Uh, but I was there, I kind of saw we did something a bit differently and then going into that Sunday show the next day I think in her head she was probably thinking she was already going to get second because a girl she was going up against had beat her the week before so maybe mentally wasn't going in and doubting herself and then goes ahead and because of what we've done differently gets the result um, and then I think after that show she, she never were ever, will ever doubt herself again um, but what a turnaround that was what a turnaround and then again you take the weekend after say Chris getting beat on the Saturday, then coming out and winning the overall on a Sunday, like that's bodybuilding. And what we do as coaches can can often influence that. But some of you are out there thinking, you're thinking, Vaughn, you went to so many shows in such a short period of time. Why? Well, number one, I want to, and I want to share my athlete's success and I want to see them um, do well on stage. But also like I get a true reflection of the result if I'm there. You know, some of the although some of the results were tough to take, like I was there and I was like, okay, I, c- I could see why the judges have done that because I saw every quarter turn, every transition and whatever, but I saw where we maybe got beat. But then also I saw what we could do differently and what we could change for the following day or the following week. Could we load differently? Could we peak differently? Because we knew we had, we were going against a different competitor, uh, the same competitor, so... How could we change the result? How could we come in to suit a different federation's criteria better than the one we just competed in? Those are things that I only was able to to do or make those decisions um, being there. You know, I feel if I wasn't there, I think, yeah, we would have been successful, but maybe maybe we wouldn't got quite as, as many results as as we got. Um, but, of course, like, the athletes I work with, they're, they're smart. And they know their bodies, but it was great to, uh, yeah, it was just great to share and their success. If I was to maybe talk about the challenges of those those eight weeks, I, I can't think of many. 
from a coaching side of things? I honestly can't because all my athletes will tell you, like, I'm really meticulous and really OCD and how many times I want people to check in, when I want them to check in, like, how much we'd run high days or a, a, a mock load in the lead up to those shows. So it was quite smooth sailing. Having everyone at the same hotel or, you know, a couple of Airbnbs really close together made it really easy to do check-ins. Just knock on doors, do check-ins there and then, or have people just come round and do check-ins because they were coming around at five in the morning to do check-ins most, at most of these shows. Um, the only, I guess, hard part was just being away from the family. That was really, really tough. Um, totally necessary, right, you know, for, for me and my job and what I do. Part of the requirement is I've got to travel. But it's not all year. It's not all year round, right? There's an intensive spell of eight weeks. Then the next eight weeks there's a bit of a quieter spell. Then it's intense again for the remainder of the season, um, and then you're off completely. You know, from end of October till till March. And with how young my my boys are, it was um, it was uh, it's easy enough to do the family stuff during the week. The the harder part is, I suppose, I like get the shows where I had like six or PC eight people looking after them. Um, you got a videographer there. You're busy, 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 busy. You, your your mind doesn't have time to wander. At some of the shows where they just had one or two, um, I found myself like, you know, like wanting something to do, looking for something to do, and then that's where like you start looking at photos of the family or just start missing one of the boys, but uh, both boys and my wife, um, looking at like looking at photos and bringing back memories, because um, working from home, it's just the the, the boys are they're right there, you know, when they're not in nursery. Or maybe their grand and granddads, they're they're right there, um, to just see and get a cuddle, um, have a you know have, have a wee uh, wee game of tiger or, or whatever it may be, um, they're right there, and uh, that was tough, I suppose, and I got used to it. I remember messaging uh, my wife after Granite, which is the first show of the season. Bear in mind, the first time I've been away from the family, and I was like, I don't know how much longer I could do this for. I was like, this is crap being away from you guys, but I I just knew, and we spoke after. I was like, I just knew that I just needed to do it a few times to kind of effectively get used to it, but. What uh, I, I always uh, say, and this is why what I preach gratitude is like, I'm so grateful, man, that those athletes have put their trust in, in myself to, to help them step on stage, to, whether, whether that be for six months, two years, three years, whatever it, is, it may be. It's uh, incre- like, incredible um, for them to put them, their trust in me to do it. So those opportunities to, to go away and be part of their shows, like I was there with bells on, absolute bells on. A couple of, like, a couple of things I'd say is, I'd probably favour hotels over Airbnbs next time around. Mostly because like some of the Airbnbs we booked um, fucking were complaining about like, oh, you guys got toilet seat on, sorry, you guys got tan on the toilet seat. Oh, you, there, there's tan on the carpet, there's tan everywhere. I'm just like, yeah, like I, I said, like we're, I've got bo- like clients that are doing bodybuilding show, like that tan's part of it. Um, and people are like, oh, we can't get the tan at the toilet seat, we might have to charge you more. I'm like, what? Uh, whereas hotels, none of that. Absolutely none of that. So if you're listening to this and thinking like, right, what can uh, you do differently? If you're going to use an Airbnb, like you just have to, everyone's got to take their own sheets or um, you get some like tanning uh, sleeping sleeping sacks from, I think I got them from M&S. They worked really, really well. They kept tan off everything. But yeah, that was the only really, you could say, challenges from the those eight weeks was just right, okay, that... You know, I'm sitting there waiting for an athlete to come on stage, and I'm getting a message from someone on Booking.com, being like a picture of the toilet seat. I'm just like, it's fake tan. You know, just get over it. Just keep fucking wiping it. But 
yeah, that's just the way. That's just the way it goes, isn't it? What What have I learned uh, over these past eight weeks? Um, I've learned that it's it's quite easy to manage that many athletes. I could probably manage a lot more, but I think it's made me a better coach. Going to these shows. Now, bear in mind, I've been prepping people since 2017, 2018. But each year, like, I learn so much more. The understanding of every single class's criteria is is so clear now. I'm not saying that it wasn't clear before, but just when you're there and then you just see wh- why they award what they award, it then just already sort of, like, influences who I'm going to put in certain shows next year because... The Scottish season next year, like the athletes, like there's more of them. Like the squad is bigger for next year. And I think that'll always be the case because I'm I'm a coach that's based in Scotland. I've got plenty of clients down south. Um, of course I do, but because Scotland is such a the bodybuilding community is quite small knit, you could say it was well, small knit across the UK. But um yeah, I'll always have a very intensive um, Scottish season, which is for anyone listening, the end of March up until um well the end of April, wasn't it? There was eight shows in, in six weeks um, but yeah lessons, I think that's the biggest one um, and that nothing in this sport is guaranteed nothing at all, I already knew that but again it just reaffirms it in my mind that just because you've beat someone one week doesn't mean you're going to beat them the next just because someone's beat you one week doesn't mean they're going to beat you the next week, like what can you do as an athlete to be better or how can you and your coach come in differently and and that was a game changer for me. It was the first time I had anyone doing a show back to back Saturday, Sunday, let alone eight show, uh, four shows in eight days. And having peaked them so many times, it was it was easy enough to do, you know. And I think that you could go back to and listen to um, the, the the entire podcast I'd done on. Uh, I think I did one like on just just Chris, right, and how we peaked them differently for eight, those eight shows. I think I did one where I kind of explained um, the difference in peak between a guy and a, and a guy and a girl um, for a back-to-back show and kind of what I did a bit differently. But yeah, it was all it was all incredibly crazy. You know, like we'd we'd finish one finish one show on a Sunday, have a bit of time off, like athletes have time off on the Sunday night, back to it on the Monday, and then before we knew it, it was the Friday, and like I'm back in the car traveling to the airport to pick Emily up because we flew her up from. Uh, from down south from London to Edinburgh Glasgow Aberdeen you know so it was always like right back in the car go pick him up go to the hotel check in blah blah and it was um, yeah it wasn't I guess you could say for many for many of the athletes it probably wasn't real life for for a good five six weeks and all of a sudden the one weekend they have uh, they have a show they go fuck what do you do when you don't have a show you know, you know what I mean I, I, I totally been there before because back in 2021 I did four shows and uh, four weekends back to back to back but there's not really a chance when you're in it there's not a chance to appreciate the result you just got because you're already thinking about next week so it's quite hard number one to accept uh, a victory Uh, number two it's also quite hard to to accept defeat as well but more more easier to accept defeat than to embrace victory because you know you're going to a show in another six days time and before you know it you've maybe got over that defeat because you've won the following week where sometimes I think that if you just keep winning 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 it's really really hard to actually sit and just be like wow I did that so for any athletes out there um, 
or you know anyone listening to this podcast like if you've done incredibly well and you've been going show 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 win 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 or whatever it is you know places here there and everywhere take a bit of time to just realize that that didn't always happen you know like winning for some athletes it was they they had over 10 top threes you know five six seven eight wins two overalls in six days i'm like that didn't just happen by chance it didn't happen by just oh fuck a fluke it happens by as an athlete you've been absolutely on the money with everything your entire off season on prep following everything to the letter and then just kind of effectively listening to your coach communicating with your coach as best as you can and it just was such a privilege to be part of and I know like if I listen to this podcast back I just rambled for a good half hour and I've probably repeated myself millions of times so if you've made it to this part of the podcast like I applaud you because it's not easy to to listen to my monotonous voice all the time but this was more like a, a reflective podcast for me opposed to um, anything else you know for those of you that, that that know me or have been listening to the podcast for a while the 188 episodes that I've done um, you'll know by now that I've sort of put my own bodybuilding journey on hold and for the kids uh, for my wife and for it to be a great coach and I'm so happy I've done that so happy why number one like I get to be a great dad that's the be all end all that's the main thing right and a great husband but number two like I could be there for my athletes it didn't matter what I ate on the day, as long as they were sorted. As long as like, okay, those two were getting to tan, okay, I'll drive them back and I'll go drop them off at you know the airport or blah, blah, blah. like as long as everyone was always sorted and everyone was like as long as my athletes could be as chilled as they could be, I didn't care. I didn't need to care how I looked. I didn't need to care if I was getting my meals in, if I was getting my sessions and I was like, right, well I'll just that Friday I'll just miss that session because I'm travelling. You know what I mean? Like it it doesn't matter quite as much to me, but that's the way it's gotta be. Right? If you wanna be the best, and that's kind of what I aim to be, is trying to be the best in the UK. And we ha- yeah, I had the best record in the UK for for a short while. It it probably still stands right now, but it won't stand as the season goes on. I know that, right? Although we'll be incredibly successful, I know that other coaches will get be successful, but that's the way you gotta be. You know, like you look, at, and if that's not you, and if you're someone that can balance it all, like absolutely fair play to you. I think that you can be a fantastic bodybuilder and a fantastic coach in one, hundred percent. But when you add kids into the mix, it it's just different. And I personally couldn't do it all. Um, so what I do now, if you've seen my Instagram, you know, I still train three times a week. I still hold the size I've got. I'm I'm not I'm not as strong, right? I'm TRT, and I've been for almost nine ten months. Um, but uh, it allows me to put all my energy in a coaching so like for example that one night where I slept three hours on the couch didn't matter why because the athlete's got a good sleep what happens the next day we had like 10 top twos like literally like nine firsts and an overall in a second so I'd happily go back and sleep on the couch right but if I was focusing on journey I'd want a bed and this you know what I mean like I know that sounds pedantic and, and about the little things but it's, it's, it's the little things that matter, you know, like the magic's in the detail, like the, the finer things, right, and the details, the little details, and uh, that's just kind of what, I guess that's probably the lesson that I've learned, you know what I mean, is that it's, especially if that's such run of shows, um, you can't do it all, 
you know, you can't be a great bodybuilder at the same time you're trying to be a great coach, great husband, great dad. It's uh, something got to give. And for me, I decided that a long time ago. But um, this podcast's not about me. I guess some of it is, right? Um, but it's, it's mostly just uh, about you guys. It's, yes, okay, it's about education. And I think that this is more a reflective episode than it is an education, educative one. But if you're listening to this, if I've, if I've worked with you um, at any point over the past 10 years, because I started one to one PT, you know, 20, 2013 after I got uni. If I've had a chance to work with you, I just want to say thank you. Um, if it, it didn't matter if you were, you know, Sheila that was wanted to lose twelve pounds at the at the start of my journey, or you're an athlete who's just picked up a first and a sword. Now, you know all like you know those twelve pounds that Sheila lost. That was her sword. That was her overall. That was her win. Um, I still pinch myself to this day to um, to be able to wake up and do I do I do and call it work. Uh, you know, I could say I'm very fortunate to be able to do that, but um, I, I work hard, I'm incredibly hard working and, and I do everything in my power to, to be a better coach, better dad and husband and all that on a day-to-day basis. I've had conversations before with, or you see it as an online coach, you see people come to the industry and they're, you know, they're an online coach for six months and they leave. Like this game is hard, this job is tough, but it's just, it's the most rewarding thing I, I've ever done in my life. And if someone said, like, what someone said to me the other day, Vaughn, like, what would you do if you weren't if you weren't coaching and I was like I can't picture a life like that at the moment I can't I can't picture that because I felt how fucking amazing it is but yeah I'm getting on now but as I said you know um, an incredible eight weeks and to every single one of the athletes that I've worked with or represented myself Ali Prep Coach UK um, I speak for us both and I just say like thank you so much you know we're incredibly grateful for for everything, uh, I I will remember that run for the rest of my days, uh, and we've captured the majority of it on YouTube. So please do go check out the YouTube channel if you haven't checked out the show vlogs already. You'll get an indication, hopefully, of what um, what the team's about. It's very much a team atmosphere and ethos that we preach here at Prep Coach UK. However, season ain't done. As I said, I got another eight athletes competing for the rest of the year, and it'll stem from we got London. Kittering, Manchester, Newcastle, Dubai thrown in there as well, which is crazy. Um, everywhere, really, across England. And all the athletes doing, again, multiple shows, probably about three or four shows each. So I know it's going to be successful, but I'm just there with bells on, man. I can't wait for them all. Uh, they're going to be great. But if you are thinking about competing, uh, it's probably going to be next season now that you're thinking about doing it. Uh I've, I've certainly got plenty of space. All you need to do is go on Instagram, drop me a DM or hit the link in my bio. It'll go to inquiry form. We'll go to Prep Coach UK. There's an inquiry about on there. Check out the summer results. Check out what we're about and uh, hopefully we'll talk soon. So listen guys, wherever you are, whatever you do, give it the beans.